Daniel Barnett here. Enrolment for the 2025 Virtual Employment Law Academy is now open. Go to www.virtualemploymentlawacademy.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Employment Law Matters. I'm Daniel Barnett. This week, I thought I'd give my predictions on how employment law will change if and when we leave the European Union. There are six areas that might change. But before we get there, a quick shout out to the person who wrote the nicest review on iTunes this week. Sophie B28 said, I've been listening to this podcast each week whilst travelling in my capacity as an HR professional and can honestly say this has been really interesting and informative. Thank you, Sophie B28. And if you email podcast at danielbarnett.co.uk with your full name and address, we'll send you a copy of my book, Employee Investigations. Before I run through my six predictions for what will change after we leave the EU, a couple of important caveats. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. First of all, I've got no insider knowledge. I've got no contacts at the highest echelons of government. And let's face it, they don't really know either. This is my prediction based on a complete lack of any inside information. Second, I'm assuming that we have a rational government in power, which cares about striking a sensible balance between workers' rights and business interests. If we don't have a rational government in power, then everything might be up for grabs. The starting point is that all the workers' rights coming from the European Union, including discrimination, holiday pay, agency worker protection and TUPI, will remain intact on the 31st of October or or whenever we leave. Leaving the EU will not of itself repeal, say, TUPI. We need to repeal TUPI ourselves. Now, you'll know many of our employment rights, such as unfair dismissal and the minimum wage, don't stem from European law. And the European Union Withdrawal Act doesn't stop future governments from repealing or watering down some employment rights further down the line. And these are my six predictions on what will change, not immediately, but within a three to seven year timescale. First of all, TUPI. I think TUPI will remain largely unchanged. It's part of accepted employment protection now. And in many ways, the TUPI regs already go further than European law requires. But I think there will be tweaking. I think there'll be a relaxation of consultation provisions, making it easier for TUPI transfers to take place without employers being held liable for failure to inform and consult. And most significantly, I think we'll probably see a change in the law to allow post-transfer harmonisation of terms and conditions. What do I mean by that? At the moment, when there's a TUPI transfer, the new employer can't harmonise, which means bring together and make equal, the terms and conditions of the old workforce and the new incoming workforce. That's because of a European case called Daddy's Dance Hall. I think the government will reverse that European law and allow employers, give employers a bit more freedom to harmonise terms and conditions after a TUPI transfer. Second of all, 
redundancy consultation. Our laws on collective redundancy consultation, when you're making more than 20 people redundant, stem from Europe. They're unpopular with employers, and I suspect in the long term they'll be watered down. For example, you'll only need collective consultation with a union or elected employee reps if there are over, say, 100 people, as opposed to, at the moment, 20 people at risk of redundancy. But it's not a legislative priority, and this proposal would probably face a lot of opposition from unions. The third change will be with the working time regulations. Again, I emphasise this is just my prediction with no insider knowledge. I think most of the working time regulations will remain unchanged. Although you will have heard last week at the Labour Party conference that John MacDonald is proposing repealing the opt-out of the 48-hour maximum working week and at some point over the next 10 years reducing the working week from five days to four days. But these are the three changes I think we'll get with perhaps a more traditional government. First of all, there'll be a reversal of some of the holiday pay cases. For example, you carry over holiday pay when sick. For example, you include commission and overtime in the calculation of a week's pay. I think a government, once it has the freedom to do so, will hit reset on all of the last 10 years worth of holiday pay legal developments and will go back to the position we were in in the early 2000s before the European Court of Justice started fundamentally changing the landscape on holiday pay. Second of all, I think the 48-hour maximum working week will disappear. Quite the opposite of what Labour have said, they're going to bring it down to fewer hours. But if we have a more traditional government, the 48-hour maximum working week will disappear because it's universally unpopular and it's hardly ever enforced. And the third change I think we'll get is that the case law, providing that some on-call and travel time counts as working time for the purpose of rest breaks and the 48-hour week, may be reversed. So that's 2P, redundancy consultation and working time regs. I also think number four will see the agency worker regulations repealed. The agency worker regulations implement the temporary agency workers directive and they require employers to offer equal terms and benefits such as pay and annual leave to agency workers once they've been working for 12 weeks. They're massively unpopular and will probably be repealed by a right-wing government. But I don't think it's a sufficiently widespread big problem to mean it would be a legislative priority in the immediate aftermath of Brexit. Fifth, discrimination. We're bound by the 2006 EU Equal Treatment Framework Directive. Now, there's no serious argument about removing any of the protected characteristics, including the ones we've been given by Europe, such as age and religion. They're here to stay. But I do think there's a good chance, if we have another Tory government, that discrimination compensation will be capped. We're currently prevented from capping discrimination compensation by EU law, 
I suspect a business-friendly government will bring discrimination law into line with unfair dismissal law and impose a cap of, say, a year's pay or about £80,000. Sixth and finally, the last area that is impacted by European law are family-friendly rights. But here I think it's very unlikely there'll be any reduction. And that's because the British position exceeds European Union rights considerably in every regard. For example, under European law, women on maternity leave are entitled to 14, that's one four weeks maternity leave. In the UK, it's 52 weeks, 39 of which are paid. We exceed EU rights when it comes to things like shared parental leave. So the domestic position here, the cultural position here, is to give more than Europe requires. Meaning that if we're no longer obliged to give what Europe requires, I very much doubt we'll see any dialing back of the better rights that already exist in the UK. If you've got any thoughts on this podcast, please do email me at podcast at danielbarnett.co.uk and do leave a review on iTunes and sign up, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. You can do so at danielbarnett.co.uk slash podcast. In next week's episode, I'm talking on two recent cases on Tupi. Until next Tuesday, bye-bye. Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.